Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. I called today's episode post-holiday should to good. The week between Christmas and New Year can leave me feeling in a bit of a funk or a fog. There are the things that we feel we should do, but my guest today, Robin Conley Downs, believes that we should turn the should into good. It's pretty easy to go through your to-do list and start seeing the items that you're doing because you feel like you should do them. And so quickly this season that is supposed to be full of light, joy, and hope adds up in tasks from various categories in our life. Whether you feel that you should because you used to in the past or because you see someone else doing it, flipping that script on how you want to feel from should to good will allow you to reclaim your experience, your attention, and energy. I hope this all makes sense to you, and if it doesn't quite yet, keep listening, and it will allow Robin to explain her mindset here. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way that you can help this podcast succeed and grow. Another way to support the podcast is by checking out some of the advertisers I display here on the show, such as Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls Podcast. Have you been searching for a podcast that the whole family can listen to? What about one that includes positive role models for your daughter? Only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition, and by the age of six, many girls already believe that they're less smart than boys. If you're looking for a podcast full of encouragement told from a woman-first perspective, I have one just for you. The award-winning podcast, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, is back with an all-new season. This time, you'll meet amazing immigrant women from all over the planet that have changed the world in so many ways, like Carmen Miranda, an acclaimed dancer and movie star from Brazil, or Noor Ayuat Khan, a princess who became a spy, because positive role models are critical to showing girls what's possible when they dream bigger. The Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast is a resource for parents and teachers to inspire, educate, and instill confidence in little rebels everywhere and each one is narrated by incredible women from the worlds of art music business and sports the new season of the good night stories for rebel girls podcast is here give the rebel girl in your life the confidence to dream bigger find good night stories for rebel girls wherever you listen to podcast thank you again for always sticking with me when i share the sponsor with you again sponsors are a way that i can continue to bring you this content for free so i highly recommend again if you haven't checked this out head over to the iTunes player and search Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast. And also while you're there, head on over to Minimalist Moms and leave a rating review. All right. And now here's my conversation with Robin. Robin, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yes, this is actually the second time that we've spoken, and I'm looking forward to chatting again. But maybe for listeners that didn't listen to our first interview, could you just go ahead and maybe reintroduce yourself? Well, thanks so much for having me back. I loved our conversation last time. And if you didn't get to hear that one, um, I'm Robin. I have a book out called The Feel Good Effect. I have a podcast called The Feel Good Effect. And then I have a website um, called Real Food Whole Life. And I like to talk about small shifts that lead to big change and help people find ways to feel really good in their lives right now. 
like in real life, which has been such a um, exciting adventure this last year, 2020, is how do you take those teachings that I've been talking about for years and really put them into action in, in some really challenging times that we've been going through? Yeah, absolutely. I think it has been a challenge to really, I guess, take take a taste of my own medicine during this time. It has been, Yeah, I've had to confront that in myself and say, okay, do you really, will you really follow through on the things that you've been preaching? So, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about should to good. We'll go ahead and talk about how to apply that mentality, but I just want to know what does that mean to you? So one of the things that has happened over the years as I've taught the feel-good effect is really understanding from a research perspective, and that's sort of my background, is neuroscience and behavior change and how we create and keep habits, so how we change long-term. But then also working with people in real life is uh, the barriers or the things that keep us or hold us back from changing. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've learned over the years is how often should is a barrier. How often should, the word should, and we can talk a well, explain that, um, not only stands in our way, but makes us feel guilty and um, regretful and takes us out of the present moment and overcomplicates things. I know you talk a lot about simplifying here um, on your podcast. And should is really, I mean, if you think about your own thinking, think about how often the word should comes up, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's about wellness, whether it's about how you're eating, how you're meal planning, you know, even something as simple as holiday cards, you know, or decorating your home or how you take care of your children, whatever that is, the word should comes up a lot. And really should is an indicator of us like looking outside ourselves and comparing ourselves and holding up to, you know, standards that may or may not align with our own values or how we want to feel. So what I've tried to do is help people through this very simple like mantra and question is flip the script from should to good. So when you hear that word should, that it's a time to pause and ask, um, (laughs) do I want to continue down the path of should or can I realign or ground for what is good for me or what's good for my family or what's good for my community? Um, And I find that that's been really life-changing for people. Like it helps you take your power back, helps you simplify, mm-hmm. and helps you kind of clear the clutter in your life when you realize how often should comes up and how often we chase things like from that place that aren't really that important. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I am somewhat of a person that doesn't care so much for little sayings that we can use to remind ourselves. That said, I have found that when I do remind myself and I do put that at the forefront of my mind, one, it's harder to like really focus on and dwell on that, but also it's so beneficial. I guess I'm just talking to my skeptical slash cynical listeners when they hear these little catchphrases. It really is significant when applied. Yes. And I'm so glad you said that, Diane, because I too am a cynic and a skeptic. (laughs) And so some people really resonate with the word mantra, mm-hmm. um, but if that doesn't work for you or you don't love that idea, I mean, my, like I said, I'm a neuroscientist and from a metacognition standpoint, from a brain chemistry standpoint, when you can have something to 
like to pause your thinking and allow a different way, you actually are creating different wiring in your brain. So from a very like tactical, practical perspective, having just just something that pauses you to pull you out of an old way of thinking can be really powerful. Mm -hmm. So if you're a mantra person, call it a mantra. If you're not, (laughs) you can call it something else, but just know that it's actually rewiring your brain Mm -hmm. and that more often than you ask that question, should to good, is this the should, is this a good, you start to, it becomes automatic and you start to have more control in your, of your decisions because you're not just going down a path of should without even thinking about it. Absolutely. And I know for myself, I don't know if we would say that this type of thought process happens in the prefrontal cortex without getting too much into the science aspect of this. But even just the other day, I'm trying to learn how to bite my tongue a little bit more. I feel like I'm usually a type of person that just will either go on tangents or I'm just happy to give my opinion, and maybe 2020 has brought that out in me even more. But all that to say, I was around someone that I was wanting to just not go down that path. It's never benefited our relationship, and I am trying to work on that. And I really had to tell myself, what is the benefit of your statement? And that was in, I felt like it was right under my forehead. I don't know. I felt like it was in the forefront of my mind and I had to specifically think about that process as it was, I was doing it, but I'm like, okay, this always seemed to be very hard. Like I always just thought I was the type of person to think that that was impossible for me to bite my tongue or to keep my opinions to myself. And I was like, no, you just haven't practiced that. You haven't kept it at that forefront of your mind. So I think that really, like you said, it becomes, you're in autopilot or it is a habit when we just choose to think that way. To return to what you just said, if you feel like this is a little bit challenging, that's normal because Mm -hmm. you've been practicing one way of thinking for as old as you are. So for example, I'm 40. There are certain thought patterns that I've been thinking for 40 years or 35 years, you know? So um, it's like a muscle in your brain, these pathways it's not like you can just decide one day and it's going to change. It does take practice. That's normal and that's good. So if that feels like something where you decide I want to change this and it doesn't happen the first day, that's, it's just like if you wanted to get to to do a push up, and you just sort of like, well, I'm going to decide to do a push up, And then you did try to do one. And you couldn't do it the first time you tried, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you want to learn how to do push-ups, you got to practice and get stronger. And if you want to change the way you think, you practice and get stronger at it. So just encouragement for those of you who might feel a little resistance or frustration if it's not happening the day you try to start, that mm-hmm. that's not how it works. So keep at it, keep consistent, keep practicing. And then creating that pause or that space is what allows you or brain time to do something different. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's, like you said, whether you want to call it a mantra or you want to just say, you know, ask a, ask a question to, to interrupt that old thought pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, it gives you enough space or time or pause to, um, not do the automatic thing because our brains are really, really good at, um, efficiencies. Our brain wants to make everything automatic. But of course, there's some things that are automatic that are not serving us, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a sh- all the shoulds or whether it's giving your opinion all the time when somebody might not need it. And the way to get out of that automaticity when it's not serving you is to 
pause. So whatever it takes, the thing that you just said that's so amazing though, is that yes, even in our, as we age, there's still a chance to change. So you said, I didn't think I could, but you absolutely can. And it's those little shifts of thinking that can make all the difference. For many of us, the holidays will look different this year. Family and friend reunions might not be the same, but that shouldn't stop us from feeling close. That's why I'm giving my loved ones the most meaningful gift this year, a chance to tell their story and share memories using StoryWorth. I chose to send StoryWorth to my mom, and I love that the question prompts are ones that I really hadn't thought to ask before. It has really allowed me to get to know her on an even deeper level, despite already having a close relationship. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family member different story prompts, questions you wouldn't necessarily think to ask, like what have been some of your greatest surprises and what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? Reading their weekly stories is fun and makes our family feel close, even if we're not all together. I loved finding out more about my parents' love story, how they first met, started dating, and were married. Things that, again, you thought you knew, but were just expressed in so much more detail through the ability to sit down and write out the story. After one year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photo you choose to include into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. My family will truly treasure this book forever. Give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash minimalist. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash minimalist for $10 off. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Mental health has become much more of a topic of conversation and just something that we're more aware of and comfortable talking about these days. However, there truly can be a lot of stress associated with trying to find the right healthcare provider. That's where BetterHelp Online Counseling comes into play. With BetterHelp, I have been able to see the ease in which you can receive that care that you're looking for. All I had to do was go to the website, fill out a survey of what I was looking for, and I was set up with my own personal counselor. The option to have a counseling session from the privacy of my own home, plus the fact that I didn't have to worry about a babysitter for my three kids, made BetterHelp even more convenient for me. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you've really struggled with trying to find the right therapist or someone to talk to in regards to mental health, this is something that I do truly recommend. Best of all, it's an affordable option and Minimalist Mom listeners get 10% off the first month. I want you to start living a happier life today. So as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com minimalist. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash minimalist. But how do we take the mindset of should to good during maybe that week between Christmas and New Year's where it feels so chaotic and it feels like maybe even lazy or unproductive? How do we take that mindset and apply it to this time and even beyond that? Yeah. I've been comparing the whole year 2020 to the week between Christmas and New Year. This whole year (laughs) has felt like that to me. It's like, you don't really know what day it is. Um, You're kind of wearing like sweats all the time. Like (laughs) half the rules are out the window. But I also find that whether it's this week between Christmas and New Year or all of this past year, there's something really amazing about the sort of pause that happens, you know, where you're like, for example, during this week, the big holidays are over and we're heading into a new year um, or 
for the whole of 2020. There's been this giant pause, right, Mm -hmm. on so many things in our lives. And I heard this quote the other day, actually, from Taylor Swift. (laughs) She said, she's talking about the album that she wrote during quarantine Mm -hmm. and how different it is from her past work and how the pause allowed her to do something that she'd always wanted to do but never was able to for whatever reason and she said because she said because if we're going to have to recalibrate everything we should start with what we love the most first isn't that good yeah that's great because <laughs> I thought okay we are if we're gonna have to recalibrate everything which we many of us have had to do mm-hmm. why don't we start with what we love the most first and that's what I've been thinking about for this week you know, and going into a new year is the shoulds are not the things I love the most. The goods are the things I love the most. So from a tactical perspective, instead of thinking about like how to, you know, new year, new you, what if you thought about, you know, new year, do you? Like, Take this time to think about what are your good. I think it helps people to think about it really specifically. So Mm -hmm. let's say that you are going to do some lists or some journaling. I know not all of you are journalers, so it could just be a list. Like I know some of you are list makers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So whether it's a journal list, a voice memo, however you choose to record this information, is what if you did a should to good list for the various areas of your life. Mm. Um, So you could do a should to good when it comes to parenting. You could do a should to good when it comes to relationships. I like to do meals, movement, and mind for wellness, like should to good for food, should to good for exercise. You don't have to do all of these, by the way. Um, But I think if there's an area of your life that you feel could use a little revamp, recalibration and starting with what you love the most first, really identifying your shoulds and your goods might give you a place to start from. Hmm. It really does come down to priorities. I, I think that that's what I'm hearing in Taylor Swift's quote as well. Like, it's just, what do you prioritize the most? And that's where you put the emphasis. It is, but a lot of us don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know that we take the time to really identify it often. And then if we do identify it, we don't take the time to look at how our actions are aligned with what we value or how we want to feel. And then ask ourselves, are those our priorities or have we made other things priorities? Yes. And I like the list making because, again, it seems too easy to be worthwhile sometimes, I think that. But have you done it? And have you followed through with, with after having done that? Have you followed through consistently? The cynic in me has discredited things that have been really beneficial once I have followed through and been consistent with those things. Mm-hmm. And there's actually something just scientifically that happens when you write write things down mm-hmm. neurologically. So I know that it seems like, well, I'll just think about it during this podcast and then whatever. That's great. But there literally is something that happens when you write it down that you're able to process thoughts in a different way. So I urge you to try it. Mm -hmm. Like Diane said, not 
again, it's not woo or like manifesting. It's truly just about helping you get clear what's important. And that clarity piece is so difficult, especially if you're a mom and you've got like a million interruptions. I mean, we were talking before we came on about how like you're in a car recording. (laughs) I'm like, the garbage truck is about to go by my window and like dump a bunch of glass into the back of the garbage (laughs) truck and it's going to be really loud and I can't do anything about it. We're constantly being bombarded with interruptions and distractions. So why not give yourself the gift of actually writing down what matters to you, of writing down where your values and your priorities lie, and then asking if you're aligned with that. That to me is the most powerful thing you can do going into a new year, rather than writing out a quick list of goals without any kind of connection to to your values or how you want to feel. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It's funny you said that. And my daughter, she's supposed to be in her room and for quiet time right now. And she just came to the door and she's waving at me. She's sick. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, oh no, don't let me lose my train of thought with Robin. But <laughs> well, I mean, this is the year of losing the train of thought. Like I, you know, like literally the garbage truck is about to dump or the recycling in the back and it's mm-hmm. going to make this huge loud noise. <laughs> And my daughter's doing PE virtually in the other room. I mean, you know, we can talk about all the routines and habits and mindset, but the fact is that like life is really challenging right now. So even more beneficial to go in a closet or go in the car Mm -hmm. or wherever you need to go for a few minutes of quiet and make some lists and write down your should to goods and then ask yourself like, how am I prioritizing and how is the actions and habits that I have aligned with this? you know, what I say matters. Mm -hmm. I guess besides writing it down, what's another way that we could just be intentional right now before we kind of get into more, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily chaotic during that week. It just feels like you're in limbo. It's like, okay, it's not the new year. Do I start my goals? Do I not? I'm kind of sad because all the festivities are over. I don't know. It is just a really weird frame of mind that I'm in that week. So what would you suggest other than list making? Do you have any ideas? Yeah. So another thing that I've done a lot in my career that is you still are going to have to write something down, spoiler alert, (laughs) just because (laughs) our brains aren't actually that good at keeping everything in, in our, in them. Like we're just not made that way, especially if you get interrupted all the time. So Mm -hmm. just give yourself a break. Stop trying to keep everything in your brain and write it down somewhere. But another thing that um, is really tactical that I've used from a science-based approach to behavior change is um, doing like really it was in my career it was called um, like for behavior intervention planning, you would do what was called a behavior intervention plan when you wanted to help someone change. And what you do is you look at baseline behavior or what are you doing on a daily basis? This is like one of the most powerful things that you can do is start recording what you do so that you know where you're starting from. Mm. So for example, you could do this when it comes to sleep. You could do this when it comes to food. You could do this when it comes to exercise. You could do this when it comes to screen time. And we often don't actually have a very good sense of where we're starting from. And if you don't know where you're starting from, it's very hard to know where you're going. So I always encourage people to take a couple recording days and to write to record what's actually happening because sometimes you're actually doing much better than you thought and you weren't giving yourself any credit. Or sometimes you're actually, things are a little bit more out of hand than you thought. Mm 
And, and so if you're going to make goals or try to start with um, an intention for the new year or a word or goal or whatever it is, it's really hard to do that if you don't know where you're starting from. Absolutely. And really, this is the Minimalist Moms podcast. And so much of minimalism really starts with your mind and getting to the right headspace of what what the ultimate goal is. So I think that it can be applied to whether you're decluttering your home or you're decluttering your schedule or your mind. I, I really do love the idea of writing down where you're starting and where you're wanting to go. Otherwise, you are. You're just in this limbo of not really knowing. Most people, if they, most people skip that step because they don't want to do it. And then they often set goal in inappropriate goals because they weren't looking at where they're starting from. So their goal is either too uh, aggressive or too like soft. It doesn't accurately reflect where you're starting from. So, you know, whether you're going to set a, you want to start decluttering, like take a look at where you're starting from and I'm sure you, Dana, talk about this all the time, but if you want to declutter and you're looking and you're in t- it's your entire house that you want to start with, that's maybe not start with the whole mm-hmm. house, maybe start with one room, right? Yeah. And similarly, like if you're trying to get decrease like time on your phone, just start noticing through the day, like write it down. How many times are you picking it up? Your goal then might be to pick up your phone 20% less rather than most. What most people do is they're like, well, I'm going to do a phone detox okay, that usually lasts for like five days and then you go right back to what you're doing. So I always encourage people to really accurately know where you're starting from so that you can make smaller shifts that are more sustainable for long-term. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share? Just how, well, a couple things. I'm just encouraging you. This has been a hard year and you are doing a great job. (laughs) I feel Mm -hmm. like how I want people to leave this year is to give themselves little credit for how great of a job you did. Um, even if it was hard and even if it didn't go the way that you want. Um, and then that through small shifts, big change is possible. It really is. Um, and I encourage you to grab the book, the feel good effect, wherever books are sold. Cause a lot of what we talked about there is really like tactically written down in that book. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of use it as a guide and pick it. It's like, you could read it from cover to cover, or you could just pick it up and read one section um, and do that throughout the year and have that be kind of a grounding point for you. Great. And that was actually going to be my next question where they could find the book, but where can they find you if they want to connect? Well, I'm on Instagram at Real Food Whole Life, and then I'm on at realfoodwholelife.com. So I have quite a few free resources, um, lots of small shifts, lots of should to good, and um, also tons of recipes on there as well. Great. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. I'm trying to remember what you were simplifying and what you couldn't stop talking about last time. I'll have to go back and listen. But (laughs) what would you say that you're simplifying right now? What is your minimalist moment of the week? I am simplifying my morning routine again. Now that we have homeschool all Mm -hmm. the time, I've had to really rework it. And I'm trying to simplify that routine along with my exercise routine. So just making it as simple as possible so that I can be consistent with my morning routine. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that out too. Now that it's, I think it's lower than 30 degrees today, I would think. But in Ohio, I was running at least a mile a couple times a week and I'm 
not really wanting to do that now that it's so cold. So I'm trying to figure out how to actually get myself out the door and what I can do to simplify that area. So I think, yeah, whether it's the change in schedule or the change in seasons, I feel like a lot of us are trying to figure that out as well. Yeah. And I've been doing, I call it exercise snacking. Mm -hmm. So not eating while you work out, but just short little bursts of movement throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So I've cut it down to like 20 minute workout in the morning. Um, And I have been doing in indoor workouts because it just is too cold. Like I want to do it and that cold becomes the barrier. So (laughs) shortening it and finding indoor workouts has been a way that I'm simplifying that morning routine. Yeah, no, definitely. My last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? Let's see. I can't stop talking about how important it is to pause. So we've talked about that a lot today. Um, And even if it's just for a few seconds, and Mm -hmm. I know you moms out there are like, what do you mean? I don't have time for that. And that's the even more important reason to do it. So whether it's like a cup of tea in the afternoon or going in your closet for a few minutes at night, whatever you have to do to create a little pause and a little space. um, I think this whole year has been a giant pause and I think there's some um, benefit that can come from that. So just encouraging people to take the pause, including myself. Uh, Yeah, that's a great word. Well, Robin, thank you so much for joining me again. Just thank you for your time and talking about this with us today. Thank you so much for having me. What did you think of the interview? As the end of the year draws close, I'm finding that I'm spending a little bit extra time focusing on my mindset. Tis the season that we find ourselves stressed and often overwhelmed. However, when we flip our mindset to focus on the good, the pressure really does seem to be minimized. I've linked the blog post of Robbins where she discusses the process of should to good in the show notes, and I just wanted to share a few of them here with you now. Some of them that she includes are instead of cooking a big Thanksgiving meal, she pre-orders food from her natural food store, and she says, when I pause and pay attention, I can see that the good for me is gathering around the table with my family, and the good for me isn't making food for two days. So she was able to outsource that. So that's just one example, and another one she says is with Christmas lights. She says, we don't go big or go home. A few lights bring a simple joy without a lot of work. And then lastly, she says, decorations aren't a huge thing for me. I have a minimal set of decorations that I set up after Thanksgiving and the good is watching holiday movies with a holiday drink of some kind. So after going through her blog post, I sat back and thought about a few of my own. And one of the biggest ones for me, I would say is celebrations. Each year I have an annual beer tasting party with a few other couples It's really low-key, and I'm not in charge of anything except just having an open home and a couple of beers that I bring with me. So I don't feel like I need to host a big get-together every year or have a big Christmas party here. It sometimes looks fun, but I know that good for me and not should for me is to just keep it simple and keep it small. And it's just honestly one of the highlights of the holiday season for me. So I'm curious to know what some of the areas are in your life that you could benefit from moving from should to good. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.